Hello and welcome to Tekka Masala, a technology show from an Indian perspective. I'm your host Aditya and along with me, as usual, I have Manan. Hey guys, hey Aditya. Hey, so how's the World Cup uh, treating you? Do you guys watching World Cup there? Yeah, 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 it's a big thing, you know. I, a couple of friends get together in someone's apartment. We kind of stream the internet. You've got subscriptions that you pay for, and then you can stream the internet. So we're not pirating or using new streams. We are officially paying for it. Yeah. It's Willow.TV, I guess, right, in the US? Yeah, there are two or three services. I think even Netflix has uh, has a couple of channels where you can pay and, you know, you can get all that. Actually, yeah, Roku Box. The oh, really? Apple. Yeah, yeah, there are a couple of uh, channels that you can get internet on. So, I've been always hearing about Netflix. You know, I've been reading about how big Netflix is getting and all those things and yeah. how it has been causing all those bandwidth problems and or worse. Yeah. You, is it utna adoption hai ki, is that all PR? Yeah, is it? Um, Netflix, Netflix is a huge thing. I mean, a lot of people are using Netflix. A lot of my friends that I know, they have that. Uh, the thing about Netflix is, you know, you just pay like uh, most of us don't have televisions. Yeah. You know, college students don't have televisions in their dorm rooms, in their rooms, in their apartments. And frankly, nobody has the time to watch TV. So, you know, they just pay 10 bucks for Netflix subscription and stream the movies when they want to. And for TV shows, we've got Hulu. And and do we get uh, Indian shows as well? On Because I didn't know that, you know, uh, Netflix was doing streaming. I mean, streaming cricket. I might be wrong on Netflix doing cricket, but uh, Roku Box has a couple of channels. Netflix is a part of it. And I think one of the... And Roku offers uh, quite a few Indian channels. Oh. Yeah, so they've got a couple of sports channels where they were like, oh, we're streaming World Cup and stuff like that. But that star, that star, that star, that star, that uh, regional channels South Indian channels. On the uh, yeah, on yeah, Roku has uh, subscriptions with them, so I guess a couple of other uh, TV streaming options offer that as well. I'm just trying to think right now as to is there an Indian show which is so good that you would want to follow even when not in India? For example, like a Friends in the US. <laughs> No, not really, but a lot of my friends follow all those reality shows that happen in India, the singing competitions and the oh, dance shows. Achha. Yeah, so a lot of my classmates, uh, you know, the Indian classmates, they follow a lot of those shows. Uh, 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 well, so enough of that, but let's start on the, you know, I hate to start with the bad news, uh, but it seems like the AOL's acquisition of Huffington Post might have some repercussions in India, the AOL India's team, and they might have to lay off around 60 to 70% of their staff, and the current staff strength is around 1,000 people here. I think uh, Ariana Huffington, who's now in charge of most of their online properties, uh, there is uh, a lot of restructuring happening. Even there was news uh, yesterday that, you know, a lot of the websites where a lot of AOL properties where Huffington Post where they are prominent like fashion and politics, etc. So AOL's staff is going to merge with those guys and they will be promoting the political side from Huffington's as the, you know, the main side. Right. And stuff, stuff like travel where AOL gets more traffic, they'll be merging 
Huffington Post segment of travel into AOL. So, you know, you've got that restructuring happening. With Huffington Post itself, I mean, they had a very unique operating model, right? I mean, Huffington Post typically did not pay its writers. Yep. They said that we'll allow you to write on Huffington Post and it is sort of a feather in your cap, but you don't get any money for it. And that's how it started. Correct me if I'm wrong. Most of its writers are not employees, at Huffington Post, are they? Uh, there is quite a bit of debate happening as to um, the uh, now that it's one big happy family of AOL, whether all of the writers who used to write for Huffington Post as freelancers would be taken in as full-time employees or not. So there's quite a bit of discussion happening on that. There are a couple of articles suggesting that you know they might convert a lot of freelancers who are regular post, uh, uh. you know, who are regular contributors. They'll make them into full-time and they'll continue with their freelance activities as well. So I think now that uh, they're into AOL, we might see a shift in that and, you know, writers might get paid. Yeah, well, they might. So I, I'm just wondering what these thousand people in India did. I mean, I mean, they, they advertised themselves when they launched first in India. But after that, they just didn't do a lot. I, I'm just wondering whether this thousand guys are, most of them are editorial guys or are they sales guys? If they are sales guys, what are they selling? Because, you know, you aren't advertising your website as it is. So, uh, I, I don't know what these guys are doing. And why do you need thousand people to keep a website uh, running, a content-driven website running? They're probably the ones who comment on Rediff. <laughs> Yeah, all those trolls out there, huh? Yeah. Rediff, Rediff, another one. What is Rediff up to? I don't know. For some reason, I wasn't a big Rediff fan, but those guys get a lot of traffic and they generate a lot of content. But where are they? Are they generating in-house content or most of their content seems to be from coming from Reuters or one of those news syndicate syndications? I, I, you know, I, I see a few columns written here and there by a few yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, their cricket coverage is pretty good. But otherwise, every time I go to com, you know, more and more I, I visit there, there's a lot lot more white white space available. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, they kind of, chal rahe to chala hi jao, that uh, type. So they, they, they don't want to grow it. They don't want to kill it. They're like, okay, it's there. We're we writing about love counseling. So love counseling, yes. But... Uh, that is not what InfiBeam is doing. InfiBeam launched a new service called Magic Box, a new section on its website called Magic Box. Basically, you know, a deal a day. And uh, but this is not a group buying site. Okay, this is not a group buying. This is basically they want to. They have something in stock and they want to get rid of it, so they are offering massive discount on it, along with a, a, a thousand rupee gift voucher. Facebook is coming up with their own deals project as well. So yeah, so what do you think about that? They are t- they are going head on with Groupon. We know that Google has been planning for uh, something for a while. This space is really getting crowded now. Huh? It is, and you know, it's very much like what happened with location services, where we had Goala, we had Foursquare, we had Facebook Places, and everyone was like. Oh no, Facebook Places is going to kill Foursquare, it's going to kill Goala. What happened was Goala obviously opted for the Places platform, but Foursquare, because of its uh, first move advantage and, you know, the whole mayorship kind of thing. Yeah. And a couple of features where you could actually, you know, see where you've been in the past. I mean, Facebook Places, you just sign in, you just check into that place and only your friends can see that you were there. 
there, there's no way to kind of go back and say, okay, I was here on this date and stuff like that, you know. So Foursquare had a couple of features which may, which may strengthen their position against uh, Facebook. So I guess Groupon might be able to compete with uh, Facebook deals because we've seen that, you know, they went into China. Uh, I'm not sure whether China, but they came into India and a couple of other countries with Gosasta yeah. and all those things. If Groupon continues to kind of accelerate into these markets, they might have the, they might still maintain the first mover's advantage against Facebook deals. You know what? You mentioned those check-in services, those location-based services. I never saw the value in doing that. I have a Foursquare account and I tried to keep up with it, trying to check in and all those things, but I just didn't see any value in doing that. I mean, first of all, there, there has to be activity around it, the place, the established. Uh, exactly. Yeah. The established. So, so uh, but so, so here's how it's going to roll out eventually, you know. Now imagine, now Foursquare allows you to, you know, kind of, uh, if you travel a lot, then, you know, you, you're traveling, you just check into a place and then, you know, you can go back and see that, oh, okay, I was here. So, if I go to Seattle and everyone's like, uh, what all places did you go? I just point them to my Foursquare account and like, okay. So now imagine this, you a couple and a couple of your friends, okay, decide that uh, it's your birthday party and you say that I'm going to go to uh, some restaurant in Andheri yeah. and you're five of your friends and all five of you check in over there and incidentally, there's a group check-in discount, something like Groupon. Right. So if these two services come together, they're going uh... to give you, they're going to add value to the customer loyalty and you know they're going to obviously party but i mean we're all human we'll go there i mean you know i i completely see the the value behind these group deals and yet or the deals website i just bought a spa treatment at a 70 percent discount so i see a clear cut value that the user is getting and even from the seller's point of view, because he's getting a walk-in, right? The, the value is very clear out there. Thoda sa yahan pe thoda fuzzy hai. Because it sounds like, you know, it is something that you might want to do. Yeah, it is something that the early adopters might want to do. And then it'll slowly fade away. Unlike it's the, a fun element. It's a fun element. Yeah. So, but, so, you know, another big inf- story that came out from Infimeme site is that they have tied up with the government of Gujarat and they have signed an MOU uh, to set up what they are calling Vishwagram Bazaar. Okay, it is basically they are going to be helping villagers, people, rural businesses, uh, yeah, entrepreneurs in, and this is how they have positioned it, rural entrepreneurs to set up their shops online on the website using their platform. And the kicker part is here. Infibeam claims that this will be a 2000 crore MOU along with Gujarat government. That's a lot of money, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, they should be going. They should be doing an IPO right away, right? In Phoebe, with I that mean, sort of money. That's crazy amount of money, and you talk about the money that ex- that's exchanging hands, but I don't see a roadmap. We're paying you so much money, six months. This is the target you gotta reach. There's no, there's no accountability. Exactly, there's no accountability. That's what I was going to say. There's no accountability on the revenue side either. Okay, so yep. it, it is not as if Gujarat government is giving two thousand crore and they have to deliver around ten thousand. No. This is an open, open field. I mean, this is a great revenue for Infibeam, 
but I don't know if Gujarat is going to get it money's worth out here. They they are planning on connecting 14,000 villages and all those things. But 2,000 crore just seems a bit too much for for this sort of a thing because 2,000 crore bolle to kitna billion hota hai around 4 billion, around 4 billion it comes to. That's a lot, man. Ha! The iPad 2 is here, Maran. Have you checked it out? I have seen the iPad 2. It's actually it's it's much better than the iPad 1. If you you know kind of when you hold it, it feels it feels better than the iPad 1. One of my problems with the iPad 1 was it kind of felt heavy to hold over a longer period of time. You know you couldn't hold it with one hand for like more than 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You're like, दूसरे हाथ से पकड़ नहीं पड़ता था. But this one's like it's more sleeker, it's more thin. I like the design of this one compared to iPad 1. inside it's pretty much you know the performance is there's no drastic difference in performance yeah. so so basically it is it is slimmer lighter faster yeah version of the ipad 1 along with but but the best part for me was to watch steve jobs come up on stage oh, right honestly after, yeah yeah after, after that totally case. so totally totally that was like you know ipad 2 theek hai aa na aane do you were on stage that's like awesome Yeah, and the sad part is that in in India, iPad just launched around a month back. So we are technically a complete generation of hardware behind US. Which people, you know, I get I get these PR emails saying that iPad has launched, and would you like a review unit? And there is, I just I'm just like, you know, it launched a year back. You know, what am I going to review now? And really, seriously, people do need to know about what iPad is now from me. <laughs> So iPad 2, I, I'm not even looking forward to iPad 2 as of now. But if someone is coming down from US, I might want to get one because it the the apps that they played that they demonstrated the GarageBand, uh, the the movie, the iMovie app. I mean, yep. fabulous, right? Now you are actually earlier we were with iPad, we were talking about iPad being a media consumption device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now with with the apps that they demoed out there. you are actually able to create something you are actually able to create multimedia i mean that that was just that was just fantastic i mean uh, i as a podcaster could see myself using that so that i mean that is something great so i think it was a conscious effort on apple's part you know because there was a lot of talk about oh ipad you can't write you can't create anything so yeah and the garage band app is actually very gorgeous it's like Yes, and, yeah. he, and so so they basically the reason that you know Steve Jobs actually said that the reason they keep on doing this is so that they can push they they can set benchmarks for develop and they have set a pretty high benchmark now with those applications haven't for developers as well as competition the competition is nowhere near yes and he and he, it was a bit snobbish as well the whole keynote wasn't it he kept on saying how how stupid the other platforms are how small they are. that there were there were times when he grossly misrepresented facts in in that in case of samsung you know saying you, you know it almost felt like it was uh, you know was this is uh, this is this is some guy who's kind of into the twilight and he's kind of he wants his last act to be you know remembered by all you know yeah he wants probably now 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 he doesn't care now he's going to go after his competition like he doesn't he doesn't bother about what the what the other person's going to say so, I, i i kind of got the feeling that it was you know he's trying to his last act as you know kind of rubbing it in and you know just throwing the opposition under the bus. you exactly. guys suck but <laughs> couple of things that he said you know 
lies people would call them the big one was when he quoted president of samsung as um, the the exact yeah. the, the exact quote that uh, steve jobs said up, up standing up out there in front of world media is as you heard our shellins Selin was quite aggressive. Selin is when products are sent into the store. That's called a selin. Are quite aggressive, around two million. And in terms of sellout, that means selling to the consumer. We believe it was quite small, is what uh, what Steve Jobs said. Whereas the Samsung guy had said that in terms of sellout, we believe it was quite smooth and not small. Big difference there. He also he also said that iPad iPad was the fa- fastest selling consumer device. Aha! It wasn't. It was it was the Kinect. This is Steve Jobs. He's the master of PR and advertising. I'm pretty sure people wrote all those things down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they have. In fact, Guinness Book of World Records has come out and officially announced as that Kin- Kinect is. Yeah. Yeah. Kinect was the highest selling consumer electronic device. And there were a few Apple fans going, oh no, but it's not a consumer device, it's a, it's a peripheral. No, it's a consumer device. Okay. But while, while that was happening, while iPad, Apple was coming out with iPad 2, Microsoft was busy discontinuing the Zoom hardware. The software is going to continue, but so what's wrong out here is, you know, we just spoke about a, a company, Microsoft, is selling Kinect, which turns out to be the fastest selling consumer device. And then on the other hand, the same company is discontinuing Zune, an MP3 player, a consumer device, which also was coming into its own. You know, the, the first Zune wasn't as good, but Zune HD, I've, I've played with it and, you know, it was it was good interface there. So why did they decide to discontinue it? You got any insights there? So... You know, this is like all other stories. It's got a lot of history attached to it. There are like several phases to it. So initially I was speaking to a couple of, uh, you know, journalists who've been following Microsoft for a very long time. And they said that, you know, Microsoft's idea about an entertainment device was providing them content that is music, video, etc. And a device as well that can, you know, play play this content. Right. So that was the Zoom hardware. And then that's how... Uh, the Zune software came in, you know, and then it eventually developed into an entire ecosystem. The software part, you know, the music, right. it built into a community and stuff like that. And after that, what was happening was uh, the Zune hardware, uh, Microsoft wasn't able to take uh, Zune International because they weren't able to cut uh, deals with the producers uh, and the countries. And so they, they weren't able to sell music in other countries. Right. Now, if that wasn't happening, Microsoft's entire idea of, you know, a device with music, that wasn't falling in place outside the U.S. So they weren't able to take the Zoom HD International. They had a very good subscription package in the U.S., didn't they? A very, they, a, still, they, they still have it. And one of the things that, you know, a lot of technology enthusiasts, you know, Nile Patel from Engadget, even he says that, you know, Microsoft should have uh, made this, made the Zoom software available on Android. And uh, Apple with subscription, you know, Rhapsody and all these other services, Pandora, etc. So, I mean, why not Microsoft? After all, you're a software company. And that's where the money is, right? Anyways. Exactly. So, I mean, Microsoft wasn't able to compete with the iPods domination in the US and they weren't able to go outside the US. So So, they were losing out on both markets. Yeah. And then they came out with Windows Phone 7, which had Zoom. So, they were like, you know what? Windows Phone 7 is our new Zoom that... A lame PR excuse, but yeah, that's what they're trying to say. 
so they're kind of completely getting out of that hardware business saying that you know the phone now the ecosystem around the zoom software is kind of robust they're getting in money they've got a powerful mobile platform which has that software and plays that music so they're like you know let's back out from here if yeah. something happens but there were rumors that they'll do a hd2 and stuff like that oh, are, that they, happens, are there are there are there those rumors uh those rumors were there like 6 uh, to 8 months back where uh-huh. but then nothing obviously came out of it but you know the thing is uh, you know samsung is doing an android based media player much like the ipod touch so even if microsoft decides to do an hd2 where they say you know what this is the windows phone without the phone right you, you an ipod support, touch competitor Yeah, they support all the apps that the phone supports. They've got a powerful. They can actually come back into the market. What whatever happened to Windows Phone Seven? I mean, we heard that there were these something bad happened, right? Recently, they bricked all the phone with with that yeah. update coming out. Yeah. So again, Microsoft being Microsoft pulled a Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so what they did was uh, they were supposed to come out with a new update, which is. I'm going to bring in copy paste and you know some bug fixes so but before they sent in that update they had to send in an update to the updating mechanism in the phone okay okay hold on so so this wasn't even the update yeah so this wasn't even the the actual update and you know everyone in microsoft was tweeting about it oh the first update is out blah 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 this and that lo and behold one day later within 24 hours there's news that you know phones are breaking all over the place and it oh 80 80 is and and all the carriers did not push out the update oh thank god for that then yes right now on my samsung focus i don't have that update i don't have that update i don't and i don't have the actual update that was released yesterday so it's it's a complete mess right now so 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 are, so are people supposed to update or not update now so what where are we now well the thing is if you update and your phone is break the good thing is you can just go to AT&T and then they'll give you a new phone if you're in India uh, i'm not sure what will happen but <laughs> nobody cares but about the, us anyways uh, yeah but the the good thing is that uh, you know even microsoft said that and even from the initial reports it was pretty clear that in the breaking was limited to uh, a particular OE Even if I'm not wrong, it was either HTC or Samsung. It wasn't like all Windows Phone sevens were getting bricked. So it wasn't a. So so this is where the you know having to deal with multiple handset manufacturers becomes exactly. a problem. And it's not just manufacturers, carriers as well. Carriers too. That's right. Because one so might it's like, yeah. one might push push out an update and the others might not, and then you don't know what. So is this this is where uh, the XP problem comes in. right i mean people are there are people still using ie6 on a windows xp yes, machine yes and yes. the the whole thing just, just just falls apart you can't update you can't provide updates and support multiple people and all these things so wh- why why is microsoft doing this i mean are they doing, first of all are they doing a good job with windows 7 are you happy with you are you said you are using a windows 7 phone aren't you yeah yeah it's my phone are you happy with it are you getting yes. it being updated regularly and all those things no so here's the thing the platform has a lot of promise it's an amazing device i just downloaded pro evolution soccer 2011 released uh, today i mean yesterday midnight and i downloaded it's a fantastic game i mean you know there's no difference between playing it on a windows phone or an iphone Oh, okay. Performance, performance-wise, graphics-wise, it's an awesome phone. 
but where Apple is actually beating Microsoft and even Google more. So those guys are able to send out updates frequently. Google, obviously, you know, we've all heard about the fragmentation problem. Yeah. And Google also faces the same problem that Microsoft does, you know, carriers blocking the updates. But for some reason, Apple is able to, you know, if they say that today you're going to get the update, everybody gets the update. Right. But Microsoft, what Microsoft needs to do is they need to push Apple iOS has developed into a complete mobile operating system. So has Android. But, I mean, Windows Phone 7, it has a couple of holes that Microsoft needs to plug in, like, you know, copy-paste and multitasking and stuff like that. But are they taking it seriously? Are they taking the platform seriously? Or do they have something coming? Or do they have Windows 8 coming up and then... No, no, no. This, This is... They're all in right now as far as Windows Phone 7 is concerned. They're all in. But, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of factors. You know, we talked about OEMs, we talked about carriers. And it's not like, you know, uh, most of the consumer feels, uh, software ka. Uh, I mean, but that's got a lot of things to do. I mean, AT&T works on a different frequency. HTC's AT&T phones are different and, you know, stuff like that. There are a lot of configurations and there's a lot of stuff. So, so, I mean, so, so basically in case of Windows Phone, the updates are being pushed out by the, carriers and not by Microsoft, is it? Uh, the idea was that the updates are going to be done by... So, again, Microsoft... This is the thing with Microsoft. So, here's the thing. Every Initially, when the phone wasn't actually out, there was, you know, Microsoft said that, you know, we are going to be responsible for the updates. You're going to get the res- updates from us. And that that is partly true because now you get your updates through the Zoom software. Everyone who has a Windows Phone 7 will get the updates through Zoom software. That was not the case with with the earlier versions. Right. But the problem is there's a clause that states that carriers can skip an update. Why would they do that though? Why would the carriers do that? If 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 the carriers feel that the that that particular software update is too complicated to work with their their carriers, and you know they're not able to configure and reconfigure their their end of the software. Or it's to just work. too heavy to be pushed out, or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. If there detail. is a yeah, yeah, whatever the reason, they've given them that clause that you know they can skip out. Nobody's sure whether AT&T is going to deliver the update, whether Sprint is going to deliver the update, or whether they're skipping the update. So communication is the problem. As far as Microsoft is concerned, their engineers are working their, their butts off to come out with stuff. Mm. But then, you know, the end point, the last mile, as we call it, that's where the problems are. So because I'm, you know, the, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm so curious about uh, the platform is because I'm in the market to buy a new phone. I'm due for a new phone. And I've been considering whether to go for the Samsung Galaxy or the Windows Phone 7 or the, the iPhone. And so far, you know, iPhone is obviously winning, but it's just too expensive in India. I mean, 30, 35 odd thousand piece. I mean, I could get, I could get a Dell laptop in that thing. The you other option. I want to consider importing it from Singapore. You might get an unlocked one from there, I guess. Okay. For the, for the same price, I think like somewhere between 28 to 35 and unlocked iPhone from Singapore. I should be trying that then. Yeah. The uh, So the thing is, I mean, as far as Windows Phone 7 is concerned, uh, they've got a lot of developer activity happening. Apps are coming out, you know, big named apps are slowly, slowly warming up to the platform. They're coming out. Mm, actually, there was news that, you know, Windows Phone 7 reached 10,000 apps faster than Android and BlackBerry or something like that. 
so apps are coming out microsoft is focused but then there's this microsoft is not like apple where you know steve jobs says this is how it's going to happen and everybody yeah. says okay that's how it it will happen microsoft and the carriers and the oems still don't have that kind of relation where microsoft says this update goes through when it will go through uh, so basically microsoft is india and china <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. something in in a very weird sort of a way. That is what. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ah uh, well, well there is another another record that just has been broken is Microsoft's another challenger, Firefox. Firefox has come out with the fourth version, and apparently it got downloaded uh, almost twice as much as the i9, the latest version of Internet Explorer. I9 downloads in the first 24 hours. What do you use first of all? I use Chrome. Ah, see, are all the intelligent people using Basic? Um, yes, yes. Yes, yes. You are so modest. <laughs> <laughs> I was still using Firefox three. I, I I start. I downloaded the four. I downloaded Firefox four, and it just looks like Chrome. It, it does, and if you see the, the the big back button kind of thing that they've implemented, yeah. that that's that looks like IE, and then that uh, drop down above the uh, back button, yeah. and that kind of looks inspired from Opera and Windows, uh, the ribbon UI. So, uh, as far as Firefox is concerned, my problem with Firefox wasn't so much about the interface, as much about the performance. You know, it was getting when, super. Huh? It started to feel sluggish. You know, if you you installed a couple of uh, add-ons and extensions, and suddenly you know the browser kind of felt sluggish. Yeah, but my trouble is that I'm I'm still stuck to Firefox because of those plugins. Because there are these a few lightweight plugins which I love. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, Chrome. Uh, one of the best features for Chrome that I find is its sync feature. Right. I think the I think Firefox 4 has that as well now. Fi- Firefox 4 has that as well. Yeah, I hope if it if they upgrade it in my college, then I might use it because what's happening is you know, Chrome has it built in. They don't need an add-on, right? Right now, I think Firefox it was more of an add-on Firefox sync that you got to install in something right. like that. Right. Yes. Yes. So Chrome has this stuff built in, so I can actually sync my bookmarks and my passwords. from my desktop and my college computers without having to you know install anything because obviously i don't have the rights to install stuff on my college pc so that was why chrome was kind of you know i was warming up to chrome and chrome is uh, kind of snappy uh, i by some of haven't managed to get closer to chrome i don't know why i should probably give it another chance yeah give it a week or two i mean you can i also wasn't you know a big chrome fan for the first couple of days i was like ha hey. what the hell is this is there see there is this two plugins for fire fire ftp is one of the plugins that i use on uh, firefox and ecophone plugin for twitter now i have i have struggled to find to replace these plugins on any of the other browsers and if someone can give me an alternative i would i would be ready to i'd be willing to try it out i think the other one that i hear a lot of people stick to firefox for is the firebug application a lot of developers and coders oh, yes. so i mean there are a couple of plugins because which firefox is sticky but so here's the thing you know these plugins are third party developers i mean if tomorrow someone was to do them for chrome or ie firefox loses its importance interestingly that was one of the reasons that firefox took off Did yeah it? yeah you know? the the extensions the extensions, the extensions. and the performance exactly What's next? What's next? So finally, 
Manan, your life is going to be a bit more easy. Uh, the dot triple X domain has finally received a, an approval from ICANN, and uh, you know it'll be signing an agreement with the ICM registry. So officially, all the smut, all the porn will be available on something dot xxx. Here's the thing. Okay, I was reading about this and I even did an article on this, and my research showed that you know, you know people were against this because what happens is now applying filters for an entire domain becomes much easier than doing for .com. You know, selective .com filters. Yeah. I mean, doing a complete banning triple X is much easier than that. This doesn't mean that all. Porn websites have to move to triple X, does it? No, uh, so far no. But uh, that's one of the concerns raised by you know the the porn industry saying that you know now you're saying that it is voluntary for us, but then there's no guarantee that down the line you will say that okay if you're hosting adult content you got a domain. Yeah. And they had these protests. Even you know there was news that you know some porn stars are also there at the protest. But to be honest. But to be honest, a PETA protest has much more gets much more attention because of the lot less clothes than this did. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you got porn porn stars and you were able to manage to get no attention at all. That's interesting. That's interesting. I would have loved to be there. So. I mean, it was it was baffling, man. You got porn stars and nothing, no coverage at all. And, this is not right. And Peter gets all the coverage, and they like for ethical treatment to animals. <laughs> ah, well, what can you do? Few things you just have crazy to do. stuff, crazy yeah, stuff, crazy stuff. But but same thing. I mean, you know. So let's see how how this will go. It is not yet available, but ICM they have already received a pre reservations. For almost around hundred thousand triple X domains. Yeah, I mean, interesting. The the major content hosts have actually gone for the domain, despite whatever has been said. Yeah, they are all going to go book their domain names and keep fighting for yeah. it, but they are going to be done. What else is happening? LinkedIn. LinkedIn has hit the hundred million member mark uh, worldwide with uh, kitna with forty four million in in the United States, big number, and fifty six million in other countries. And Indian users uh, account to nine million people out of that. So almost ten percent of uh, LinkedIn users are Indians. So, uh, Link- LinkedIn again, it's you know we we talked about it on uh, this on the previous episode, I guess, as well about the whole internet bubble. Uh, you know, one thing that surprises me is that why, how come LinkedIn gets such low valuations? We know that they have better quality of of people. They have much better. The integrity of data, because you know it's a professional networking site, so everything that you, is out there uh, is is the truth. I mean, you know, you're not faking stuff out there. But you know, how much do you use LinkedIn uh, for someone who has a profile? I don't visit the website a lot. I have set my profile and I have a couple of search parameters that I've defined that get they keep sending me emails. But I don't use the website a lot. You know, and yes, I keep going to is, the website. I completely agree. I go there probably once a week or, you know, three times uh, in two weeks or something like that. But whenever I have gone there, it has been just so, it has provided me so much value. For example, one of the reasons that I go there is if I want to look up a contact at, say, uh, at Times of India, I just quickly go there and in, through my network, I come to, I can reach a, a particular person out there. Or recently, I wanted to know who does media buying 
for Kingfisher Airlines. And I just went there, just searched it. And I got the exact person. I got his name. We were connected in, you know, within a couple of hours. And that is of huge value, huge business value is what I'm saying. Doesn't get the attention that it deserves. True. It, it's not, uh, it's not fancy, if I may, if, if one may put it that way, you know, it's not as fancy as Groupon. It didn't make those flashing headlines. Are they, so uh, is, is it because they have a very modest founder? I mean, Reid Hoffman, you don't hear about him a lot. Uh, the power of LinkedIn is in the backend data that they have. Yeah. yeah, it's more about how one can leverage that data to their use. Whereas Groupon is more front facing, you know, you, you actually go to the website, you buy a coupon and you, you're using the website services as anyone can use it. But as far as leveraging LinkedIn data, it's more limited to, you know, someone who's looking, who's actually looking for information, specific, inf- yeah. very specific information. Yeah, so it's, it, there is nothing impulsive that you do out there. Is that what exactly. you're trying to say? Sort of, yes. I mean, anyone can go to Groupon and if they find something exciting, they can use it. But for LinkedIn, you actually want, as you said, that, you know, you want someone in Times of India or, you know, some recruiter wants to find someone who suits their job profile. That's a very limited niche and, you know, it's more of a behind the scenes kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I just, I just sometimes say, you know, you go to all these conferences. I go to a few conferences every year and I, I hear great VCs talk about how one should build a company that creates value for users. Then you see that, you know, LinkedIn, which I believe creates a lot of value. A lot of users, value. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Doesn't That's true. get That's anything. True. Whereas something like, you know, Facebook, which also creates value, but jada karke bakwas hota hai wahan par. Okay. True. True. Gets, true. gets true. what? 65 billion ka valuation. So what, what am I supposed to really, in which direction should I think? For example, we have this, we have a story that we'll be talking about later on. In fact, let me just bring it up uh, right now. Is, is that US hookers are now using Facebook to get, to advertise their services. There was a researcher, his name is Sudhir Venkatesh. And if you can recall, there was a chapter on drug dealers in the, you know, very famous book called Freakonomics. He's the same guy. And he did a research saying, which is proving that now US hookers are using Facebook to sell their services. Uh, because, uh, ye bhi ho gaya na, abhi, konsa wo, Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist ban ho gaya. Uh, so, you, you know, that is what I mean. On one hand, you have this solid, uh, very clean users, very good data that they provide or push into the system. Whereas on this other side, you have Facebook where you have hookers selling their services. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't mean that they aren't providing value to their end users, but (laughs) (laughs) there is this this hilarious profile out here which says that I am a full GFE. I didn't know this acronym, by the way. GFE, which means Girlfriend Experience Provider. Uh, That's I mean, if if these guys go to LinkedIn. (laughs) Thank God will happen. Exactly. I mean, the, I think if these guys go to LinkedIn, the valuation will go up. Yeah, it's like one is targeting 13-year-olds and horny people and the other is targeting people who actually want to work. Yeah, senior executives or mid to senior executives or something like that. Take your pick. <laughs> Where are you going to go? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, to someone who provides you a girlfriend experience. So, so that is what is happening right now. It's, it's just hilarious. And 
according to this research you know he's saying that almost facebook accounted for 25% of regular clients served by you know the girlfriend experience provider this particular woman 25% matlab people are really buying over facebook that said there was also a news story where a bigamist was caught because of facebook so this guy got married to a to a lady and then he was caught for some he was sent to jail or something some some mess happened and then he never returned home and he ended up marrying another girl and so this lady found out photographs of this guy married to to another woman on facebook and then she sued him <laughs> so so if you're going for the girlfriend experience be sure that you know ghar wali na dekh le yes yes please there is there is no remedy for stupidity precisely precisely Ah well what what else do we have with us um, facebook credits uh, will be soon available in in india is that is that of value is that worth talking about uh, so f- w- w- first of all what are facebook credits have you have you heard about people using facebook credits in the us i keep on asking this question to you because wahan pe jo hota hai 5 saal baad india mein hota hai iske liye i think there is some level of interest in the entire concept of facebook credits because you know let's face it people actually play mafia was in farmville <laughs> yeah. and they would be willing to you know kind of buy I, credit so i mean i was at game uh and those guys were selling these facebook credit uh scratch cards much like you know the itunes gift card where you have 25 dollars worth of uh, facebook credit so right. you pay 25 dollars and you get that much worth of credit and then you can use it the way you want to 10 facebook credits is equal to 1 dollar yeah so that would be a good gift uh, for someone um, you know who has a farm to maintain your nephew who has a farm to maintain and stuff like that you know uh, uh but you know the direction that facebook is going is scary and they're getting a lot of data they they're getting oh, yes. into group deals and then you know they're bringing their own currency into it so facebook is becoming dragon with many faces that you know we need to kind of so now, take stock of so so we had google to worry about first we had microsoft then we had google to worry about and then now facebook is becoming that facebook is becoming that you know google still has just your emails and they, they as far as i understand google doesn't mine through your emails yeah they don't do a lot of that stuff but facebook is pretty clear that they're going to mine through your stuff that you post online and your friends post online to you know present to you with present you with relevant advertisements and stuff like that Yes. So there was there was a story the other day which said that uh, Facebook is going to give you ads related to the status updates that you make. So you know that kind of stuff becomes scary because then they're mining through a lot of data. And I, uh, my last uh, latest CDNet article is talking about whether countries like India, China, these guys should regulate Facebook and Twitter because if, I mean subconsciously we are our country people are. feeding relevant personal information about ourselves into us servers who owns the data we don't we obviously don't own the data facebook owns the data and cia fbi these guys ah can, i know when you believe these guys so Sir. even if you don't want a lot of information about your country about your country people is subconsciously being shared with all these people that's an interesting thought i hadn't thought about that ha huh. 
Now you're stupid. That this is spooky. You're scaring me now. <laughs> I mean, if you watch a lot of Hollywood movies, this is what you end up with. Oh my god you're scaring me so so now okay, coming back to coming back to facebook credits um, yeah. they actually they actually put this thing to use beyond just buying uh, stuff for mafia wars and farmville they actually streamed batman the dark knight on the website and and people could use their facebook credits uh, 30 facebook credits equivalent of 3 dollars to watch a live stream uh, over 48 hours so they they are you know pushing out things that you can do with this so the the reason we are talking about is uh, about this story is because beam which is you know which is a mobile payment company in india has uh, sought permission from rbi to bring facebook credits to india and the the beam beam is saying that uh, it is in advanced talks quote unquote with facebook and you don't you know how how difficult it is to get things through RBI so it remains to be whether we'll have this or not so that we can finally start paying hookers using facebook credit <laughs> you know that is what we finally want to get to exactly yes and facebook you know you, getting, you, facebook you, will you be don't getting hooker you, revenue 30% you, you don't want your credit card history to show that you paid a hooker exactly that you know what that big market dude because exactly facebook keeps around 30% as a fee and if you are big time into you know getting girlfriend uh, like experience, experience. <laughs> girlfriend experience so facebook might see the revenues go up you never know what will take <laughs> what will happen man that's weird that's weird you know uh, uh, an insight one of my friends uh, he works for mobile wash company uh, and these are the uh, annoying guys who keep sending you smss and sms trick you into clicking that okay button and then charge you 6 rupees yeah. or 3 rupees their most successful product is adult stories is audio adult stories <laughs> you know so there are there is someone mostly uh, you know a lady reading out naughty stories and you can actually hear, listen to them while whenever you know you whenever you are traveling and they charge you 6 rupees per minute and that is they get a lot of revenue hundreds and hundreds of crores of rupees through you know someone reading out naughty stories women rule the internet <laughs> so and the most popular area is jammu and kashmir that is wow, where seriously yes it is <laughs> okay and here we are trying to get quality content through this podcasting and all those things for what you know people who <laughs> listen to naughty stories that is what we should be doing maran hmm. so so get ready to discuss or talk uh, you know some naughty, naughty stuff. tech stuff naughty tech stuff oh you also a naughty tech stuff ah huh? uh, well uh, those were the topics that we had uh, for this particular episode do you do you have anything else to add in uh, maran well there are a couple of uh, statistics as far as internet video in india is concerned you know there were there were some numbers that were shared so youtube represents 44.5% of video views in india with 780.7 million views in january of 2011 wow and facebook recorded 6.6 million viewers watching around 30 million videos in january but then oh. how come facebook has video services or there, there there's a lot of uh, debate because uh, recently it turned out that you know microsoft is like the number two most uh, visited website for 
is the number two website for serving videos and how that was that happened was because if you search on bing and if you search for videos on bing you can you know you don't have to go to youtube.com you can just scroll your mouse over the video and the video will start playing right so so now whether that is counted as a video being serviced by bing or youtube that's kind of a debate but all right Facebook, so there's some gray area there okay all right gray area yes but uh, you know facebook is being used a lot as far as you know publishing personal video content is concerned uh, you know friends shooting their own videos and uploading on yeah. facebook and stuff like that oh well that's about it guys if you have any questions on um, or comments on anything that we have discussed on this particular episode you know where to go log on to www.theindicas.com uh, you can follow manan on twitter he is at manan you can do the same for me i am at ac mahatre you can you know also send us contact us via email send us your feedback uh, write it to indicast at theindicast.com that's about it bye bye goodbye